Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that got a lot of things wrong. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who just got a puppy. Yeah, I did. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who sent us the middle finger in our text thread this week. <laughs> That's me. All love, Trey Newman. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, so, reminder, before we get into our Old Takes Exposed episode, follow us on Instagram, at College Football Bros. You can see a picture of Ryan's puppy on there. We posted little Milo. Yep. And follow us on Twitter, at CFB Bros. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash college football bros. And by the way, thank you to Koi, who left us a review on Facebook. He said, entertaining brothers that are easily relatable, talking about college football, usually from the perspective of the everyman, my favorite college football podcast. We are the everyman. We are the everyman, of course. <laughs> and Trey, plus Trey. Yeah, plus Trey. Uh, Thanks. So thank you very much for uh, for that review. So I know a lot of you listening have left us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, but I actually didn't even realize you could use leave reviews on Facebook. So if anyone wants to do that, we'd really appreciate it. And all right, time to get to our old takes. Are you guys ready? Yes and no, Mike. Yes and no. Uh, well, yeah, you say yes <laughs> and no because... We're starting out by talking about our best calls. So we're going to we're going to butter ourselves up a little bit, you know, get yeah. our egos a little bit inflated and then we'll we'll tear them down later. So, Ryan, I will allow two two good calls that you had either from before the season or during the middle of the season. All right, I'll get us kick, kicked off here. So, I was pretty proud of this first one. Uh, I just had kind of a gut feeling this was going into the uh championship game here and just had a feeling that something was going to happen in this game all right i'm i'm thinking clemson is going to get a pick six there's going to be a play where Tua is getting pressured and i'll try to make a play that just isn't there like we saw against georgia he tried to do that and i think clemson's going to take advantage of it that happened like two minutes into the game i mean boom. <laughs> yeah that was we got a tweet from uh i think it I can't remember who it was. I think it was Nick Rodriguez, maybe. But one of our one of our listeners tweeted us just being like, "Wow, what the, what the heck was that?" <laughs> so that was a good call, Ryan. Well, neither of you guys texted me as it happened. I I was like looking at my phone, just waiting. I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna text me. Well, remember, text me. I was still at work, so I had to catch up oh, I on see. the game. Okay. Well, yeah. So I I thought for sure I was gonna get a text, but nope, nope. Yeah, it was too early. Okay, I'm going again here. Yeah, number two, oh, okay. number two. All right, two in a row. All right. Uh, all right, this other one was, let's see, it was in the middle of the year. Um, it was kind of just thought a big underdog had a good a good, sh- good shot. They thought they were at the right time, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to try with uh, Purdue this week. The Boilermakers, you know, if they host Ohio State, they're 14-point dogs. It's going to be a night game. I think the... That David Blau is going to have some success through the air versus that Buckeye secondary, and I think they can pull off the upset. Boy, did they! Yeah, that was uh, one of the biggest upsets of the year. So very good. Almost, very... I almost. Damn it! Oh yeah, Syracuse. That's right. You had Syracuse over Clemson. God, God dang that it. that would have been. Would that have been our biggest upset anyone's ever picked? Yeah, that was a twenty-three. I think twenty-three or twenty-four point spread. And wow. You had like 18 or maybe 19 last year, the Troy over LSU. So. Oh, that's right. Okay, cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, Ryan. That's all the uh, the positive uh, affirmation you get this episode. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Trey, what do you got? All right. My first one was in the preseason, and we were talking about potential surprise picks. So, there's one that... Uh, an outside team that has a chance to make the playoff, and, and that team to me is Notre Dame at 6-1. to one. Hmm. They return almost their entire defense to a unit that was already solid. Offensively, they return a lot of production as well. 
you know, one would think that Brandon Wimbush should improve in year two of, of Kelly's offense. And when you look at the, the future lines, the only games they're an underdog at this point is at the bookends of the season. Plus one and a half at home to Michigan to start the year, and then plus one at USC to end the year. So they're going to be in, they should be, you know, preseason wise, they should be in, in every game and look to have a successful campaign. And, and it's worth an outside shot at six to one. Yeah, I mean, I nailed it except for Wimbush, but <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> close enough. That was that but, was pretty spot on. Otherwise, either way, it didn't matter. I just, you know, their their schedule set up for them, and you know, obviously, yeah. it ended up being a little easier than we we thought. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it worked out. <laughs> All right, good call. Did you actually bet any of that, Trey? You bet the uh, six to one. I can't say I did because <laughs> he didn't why are you gonna do me like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i have plenty of those we'll, we'll get to one that i wish i would have actually bet uh okay but you get a second one trey yeah and uh i have a similar feeling that uh we'll have have something uh similar in this upcoming season regarding texas i had a, a preseason prediction on texas all right my best bet is texas to reach the Big 12 title game at plus 142. I'm not I'm not high on the Big 12 this year. I think and Texas themselves, I think they're a year away from competing at a playoff caliber level and and Oklahoma is clearly the cl- class of the conference. TCU has some hope, but they've had some injuries and they got a lot of youth. West Virginia, they have the star power on offense, but the schedule and the defense is going to end their hopes in my opinion. So I like Texas to get to the championship for a potential OU-Texas rematch. Boom. Nailed that. I mean, yeah. nothing nothing false in there. That was good. All over the Big 12 there. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well done. Uh, okay, my first good call uh, also from before the season was, was how high I was on Kyler Murray. So you're going to hear two clips back to back here. But I think Murray's more likely to win it. He's got a chance to to have, you know, a ridiculous season, especially with his running ability and that offense and just because Oklahoma's a playoff contender. Kyler Murray at plus 2300, the running ability is a sure thing. And then even if he's just an above average passer, he could have a monster year with those receivers, that offensive line, very high on him. Wow. He, he did all right. I was talking about the Heisman in both of those yeah. clips. Plus 2,300. I did not actually bet that. I wish I would have. That was that was good pickings, Mike. Yeah. I also, earlier in the season, just to give him earlier in the offseason, recommended Dwayne Haskins at 37 to 1. So I think we were all on that one. Yeah. At that time, that was a ridiculous line when it yeah. looked like he was yeah. going to be the starter. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But that was just a bonus call. Okay. That didn't count as my second one. Uh, my second call here is the biggest upset special of the season, Ryan, even bigger than your, um, Purdue upset. Really? And this week I'm taking Kansas to win at home as 14 and a half point underdogs against TCU. Kansas is, is one in 30 in big 12 play under, under Beatty, but they've actually played TCU pretty well this year though. Kansas victory TCU quarterback situation. We talked about not great right now. Uh, sophomore pen transfer Michael Collins, of course, the new starter. And like we mentioned earlier, Cavante Turpin will be out. But the dreaded half point. <laughs> I beat you by a half point, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> Man. Well, but then you add the Kansas factor and it's uh, like an extra point. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so, so there you go. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I actually have one more because I am the one who put together, edited all these clips at least. So... As a reward to myself, I gave myself a third, a third good wow. call. So deal with that. Wow. Deal with that. I was asked about my man crush. All right, I'm going Derek King, quarterback for Houston. It's just because of his name. He's got a great name. And also, I actually am single-handedly responsible for correcting his sports reference page, which was in air earlier. So yeah. you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> and I think he's going to have a monster year in Kendall Brow's offense. So Derek King. Yeah, and, and Major Applewhite needs him too in order to to survive there. Well, he didn't survive. <laughs> oh yeah, apparently he needed an even bigger year. Yeah. Well, he needed him not to get hurt. That's true. That's true. 
Uh, so how'd you guys feel about me getting a, a third one in there? I'll allow it. You do a lot. You you do a lot of work. You've earned you, it. You, yeah, you earned it. You need a pat on the okay. back every once in a while. <laughs> All right, I appreciate. It. Well, that's so yeah. nice of you guys. That's so nice. All right. Well, after that compliment, let's uh, let's trash Trey. Oh, well, <laughs> we do that. All right. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first here. Uh, so Trey, this was before the season, and it was in our betting episode. You were asked for your best bet of the entire ACC. The whole season, you could have bet anything, an over-under, uh, <laughs> you could have bet someone to win the highs, but you could have bet anything, and, and let's see what you came up with. Florida State plus 10 versus Clemson. <laughs> they host Clemson on October 27th, and I really think, I think Florida State's going to surprise people this year. <laughs> True. They finished the year well last <laughs> year, and they obviously have plenty of talent. And, you know, if, if Jimbo's, if Jimbo was the head coach, there'd probably be a little bit more hype around Florida State. But the fact that there was a, a new coach and new regime and Jimbo left, I think they're maybe being a little, uh, not written off, but a little, little undervalued. So I like, uh, Taggart's Knowles to possibly pull the upset in Tallahassee in that game. So close. <laughs> yeah. They only had what their worst home loss ever, 59 to 10. Oof. They didn't even go to a bowl game, so there's no way they're going to beat a team like Clemson. Like, what what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> well, they did surprise people. You were right they, about that. Definitely. They did. They did for, for the wrong reasons. Nobody knew that they, they were going to be this bad. That's just crazy. So, all right. Well, here's another one for you, Trey. Uh, this was in our Big Ten West uh, preview episode, and you were on the hot seat. Uh, and the question was, who is the best quarterback in the Big Ten West. So I'm going to go out on a little bit of limb, and I'm going to say Elijah Sindelar from Purdue. Wow. Now, Whoa. I'm going to get pie in the I'm going to get pie in the face if David Bluff starts. <laughs> but this is mainly a play on my love for Jeff Brom and how he can develop offenses, especially in year two for his system. He finished the last few games of the year with a torn ACL, and he actually improved his passer rating then. So you're saying he should always play with a torn ACL? <laughs> no no oh, oh. i'm just saying he, he improved towards the end of the year even with the torn acl so imagine if he didn't have the torn acl so he has a lot of his weapons returning and i'm expecting a, a, you know a little bit better season from purdue and Sindelar. please start Sindelar. please start <laughs> yikes he did yikes. i mean it was the beginning he, he, he did. did at the very beginning. And he was ended up bad. Not, I mean, he got a slight injury, but Blau was much the best. I mean, he obviously wasn't even the best quarterback on his own team. No. I bit into his one bowl game against Arizona. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> and then you could argue that guys like Adrian Martinez or maybe even Nate Stanley were better in the West. So, ouch. Well, yeah, better than the guy that barely played. Well, they were certainly better than <laughs> yeah. Sindelar, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. All right. Trey, do you have... Uh, you? Find one for yourself. You're going to make fun of yourself here? I do. You know, I I need a mulligan on the ACC. I was terrible on the... I need <laughs> to do better on the ACC next year. I vowed to be better. And so with that, I'll leave you with, uh, with this one. I'm with you guys again. I just... I don't think the, the offense will take as big of a step back as some, some are thinking just because of... I trust Bobby Petrino uh, on offense... And yeah, like you said, Ryan, mixing in a lot of those transfers and JUCOs, it might take a, a little while to to spark the defense, but you know it can really only improve their schedule, somewhat manageable. So I'm going to buy low on on Louisville and go over. So I don't like I, was, I don't like at the beginning of that one. You said I agree with you guys. So clearly, you kind of just took us down with you. Clearly, we yeah. we also were high on Louisville. <laughs> Good point. But I bit into I bit into Louisville so hard. I was thinking, oh, the loss of Lamar Jackson wouldn't be that dramatic. Yeah. Holy crap! And then they have the train wreck season, and you know the ACC. I I I I got the only thing I got right was Clemson, which the whole world did. And you know, I thought Syracuse might be the only team not to go bowling. Then they go win ten games. Like I seriously vow ACC fans to be better next year. I mean, you just thought Puma Pass was going to be good, right? Jawan, Jawan Pass, Pass yeah. yeah. I said Puma, yeah, 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 yeah. I I thought so. I didn't. I really didn't even care who was quarterback. I just had that much faith in Bobby Petrino. Yeah, you thought you'd, they'd be decent. I mean, Petrino's once Petrino had a really bad team, like never. So that was that was a shock. Okay, Brian, you are now on the 
hot seat, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, well, maybe the guillotine. Oh, I like that. I like that better. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Ryan. You were asked for your best bet in the ACC. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Miami to win the ACC. Wow. Uh, You're Mm. getting plus 635 here, so you're getting pretty good value. But with all the turmoil that's gone on in Blacksburg this offseason, the Canes are the huge favorites to win the Coastal Division. So I think there's a high probability that they'll be in the championship game. And, you know, if you, if you go, if you bet the field against Clemson, you only get plus 165. So the plus 635 for Miami, who's probably going to come out of that coastal division, I feel like you get a good value there. My reasoning was really good there. <laughs> it sounds reasonable. Did they make it? I didn't pay attention. Did they make the ACC title? <laughs> By the way, ACC here. Wow. It's, uh, there's a theme. Yeah, it's definitely a theme. Well, I'm going to I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stick with the ACC. I'm actually going to stick with the same team, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you were asked if Malik Rozier oh, no. would start all 12 games at quarterback. And let's let's also see if you pronounced Malik Rozier correctly. I highly doubt it. All right. Uh, call me crazy, but I think Malik Rozier will start all 12 games for Miami. I like this Miami squad. Like last year, I think they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot, especially since they avoid Clemson in the regular season. And I don't see why Richt would want to mess with that by switching QBs. He's going to keep the status quo, and uh, Lauren uh, Rogier will start all 12 games. It, it wasn't a hard Z that I was saying, at least. It was yeah, like you a, were close. You were close. It was close. It, you know, it wasn't pathetic. We, none of us knew at the time that that's how it was pronounced. <laughs> yeah, true. But but uh, he did he start all twelve games, Ryan? I I also didn't pay attention. Uh no no yeah okay. all right he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, well uh, we're finally out of the ACC here. I'll make fun of myself, but this is uh we're moving on to the Big Ten actually. On this my last pick here, this was um, I was pretty high on a, a certain team from the from the north up there, way up north. Well, I, I'm saying it's going to be a repeat of last year's teams. It's going to be Wisconsin versus Ohio State again. But this year, I'm going to say Wisconsin gets the job done, and uh, they're going to be moving on to the playoff. You know, I got to say, though, I, I was I kind of started to buy the, the, the Alex Hornibrook is not that bad hype that Michael was starting. Yeah, I, th- I kind of you know? I did start that, but I was still I, – I don't think I was – I definitely wasn't as high on Wisconsin as you were, no, though. Cause... No, you weren't. You were higher on Hornibrook than I was, but then you convinced yeah. me that Hornibrook wasn't that bad, and then, then I just went full go on the Badgers. And... I thought the offense would be better, I but the defense you knew would take a step back. Yeah, and then there were some key injuries that they had, so that, that kind of hurt, but it was... Uh, you, Are just... we making excuses now? Are we making excuses? No, nah, just Hornibrook sucks. That's the only excuse. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, well... That'll do it for our old yeah. takes exposed. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, all right, go go ahead. Nice try. All right, Mike, your first one here. Um, so the clip that I, I found for you was talking up Mississippi State and that offense, and uh, in particular, Nick Fitzgerald. All right, I'm taking Mississippi State plus 220 to make a New Year's Six Bowl. You love Moorhead. I do. I do. That's. I mean, that's pretty much what this bet is—a bet on Joe Moorhead. I think his offense will help Nick Fitzgerald take a step forward as a passer. I think ten and two is in play, and I love Mississippi State this year. Joe Moorhead comes in. He's obviously an offensive genius, so I think you're going to see Nick Fitzgerald's passing stats improve a ton. Mm, there were two <laughs> clips there. Wow. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, that didn't oh. quite happen. I mean, he is. I I underestimated how bad he was as a passer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did the same. I was high on Fitzgerald, but yikes. Yeah, I think we all kind of underestimated how bad his arm was, but you yeah. Ryan, you were you I didn't sh- include this in the clips, but anytime I would talk up the Mississippi State offense, you were like, "Eh, not sure if Fitzgerald can throw." Yeah, I yeah, I do remember that. Thank you for the for that compliment there, Mike. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. Now, I I don't fault you too much for that one, but but this one the question for this clip was whether Kelly Bryant 
would start every game for Clemson? I think I think Bryant's underrated. If you look at uh, bringing another, we got Pro Football Focus. Now I'm going to bring in another nerdy thing, QBR. He was ranked ahead of Will Greer and Drew Locke in that stat last year. Shut up, nerd. I know. Sorry, sorry, but uh, but you know, of course, because of the value his rushing yards bring. So I agree. That's a fact. All right, so I I agreed. So one of you, one of you, I, I, also, it was me. Oh, it, was it was me. You. I I I did say Kelly Bryant. Okay, would start twelve. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't know. I I underestimated clearly Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we did. Yeah, for sure. I certainly did. Ryan still does. Not after the national title game. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm a believer. Yeah, now. I know. Yep, I know. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh. Okay, this one is actually really funny. So my worst call was it came from our Big Ten East preview episode, and it's the first time we ever mention our boy, Art Sitkowski. <laughs> All right, guys, I can't believe we are this far into our Rutgers preview, and we have not mentioned the the golden boy, the the hope for Rutgers future, Art Sitkowski. <laughs> oh, Wow. True Good freshman point. quarterback coming in. He enrolled early. Um, you know, looked decent in the spring by by all accounts. So I don't know. I why not go with him at quarterback? <laughs> he was a very highly recruited guy. He was a four star by some um some websites. So he's the guy of the future. And I just say why not? Throw him into the fire. The offense can't get any worse than it was last year. <laughs> um so I'm uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Oh. <laughs> why not yeah, be, why not why not i mean come Can't on be any worse than how last bad year. could it be <laughs> how bad could it be <laughs> like that that clip sounds like i recorded that yesterday just to yeah. be funny <laughs> but that's actually what i said before Ugh. the season ouch poor art man poor art oh <sighs> how bad could that it be guess Oof. guess it, i guess the offense could get worse <laughs> Okay, well that that does it for for us. Let's uh, let's set our sights on the rest of the college football world. Uh, we took a look at at old at old takes exposed the Twitter handle, and you should follow them if you don't. They just retweet really bad opinions from people that turn out yeah, to be that's, wrong. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, it's great. So uh, we looked through some of the best of, of the the entire season. So. Uh, Trey, why don't you get us started with with some of those? All right. So first off, was Pat Forty during that crazy Oregon Stanford game when Oregon had the big lead? He tweeted out, "Oregon just iced it. Huge win for Cristobal. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> wow. We all know the the rest uh, after that. Stanford had the miracle comeback. Uh, next." Old Dominion two years ago, they tweeted a rendering of their planned stadium, and the scoreboard had them beating Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech then posted that image a couple years ago saying, wishful thinking. I remember that. That was that yeah. was classic. You can't and they deleted it. You can't delete it. You just gotta own it. No, you gotta own it. Gotta own you it. Gotta own it. Yep. And uh next one. During the Clemson Syracuse game, Dan Wolken tweeted Clemson ain't coming back. Oh, man. Chase Bryce had other ideas. Ouch. The last one I'll, I'll take here is last offseason, a Texas commit promised they'd beat OU, and Baker Mayfield replied to it with, this is what we call being naive. Sure enough, Texas beat Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They yeah. did. Good job, Baker. Not surprised by Mayfield's tweet there. Okay, I have a few here as well. So one of them, Dan Dockich. Who would have thunk Dan Dockich oh. saying something stupid? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my <laughs> he god. He tweeted, "Breaking news: Jeff Brom will be announced as the University of Louisville head football coach on Monday, November twenty sixth." And Dan Dockich is a reporter, or well, I guess there he was. Well, he was wrong though. Yeah, he was wrong. Yep. That did not happen. Dead wrong. Maybe it's a future. November 26th. I guess he didn't say the year. True. Yeah, it's not so over maybe yet. it could happen. All right, we'll leave that one, you know, to be determined. Uh, NBC Sports, they had a headline in an article. Race over. Tua Tungavaloa puts 2018 Heisman Trophy on lockdown. You can't announce it. It looked like a lock, but you can't. Yeah. It, you it, can't. 
can't you just, say you it. can't you, you got to be careful with declarative statements yeah yep. you know okay colin cowherd again who would have thunk yeah during the rose bowl tweeted ohio state comfortably i've already spent my winnings Ooh, and that was of course door. yeah well one of the craziest yeah backdoor covers all year so <laughs> sorry sorry colin and my last one this is my favorite one of the whole episode so when turner gill announced his uh his retirement from liberty Stuart mandel quote tweeted it saying so freezer briles as the next head coach and then a liberty fan replied saying quote this is my alma mater Show a little respect. You are better than this, Stuart Mandel. I have a subscription <laughs> to your medium, The Athletic, but I can gladly cancel any time if you're going to insinuate garbage like this. Oh, you you showed him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they, of course, and of hired course you hired free. Freeze, so yeah. that is, I love, that is just amazing. <laughs> Ouch. That is, that's, that. I love that. I love that. That was good. And he didn't delete the tweet. Credit to him. He's trying to defend it to this day. So Yeah, just stop. God bless him. Yep. <laughs> All righty. We're moving on to um, some people that tweeted us with their, their worst takes. Um, we'll start with at Hayden Gaspard. He predicted that uh, Michigan State would be a playoff team behind first team all Big Ten quarterback Brian Lewerke. That's not great. That's Ouch. not great. Not, no, no. We all had a feeling that Sparty just wasn't going to quite be there this year, but not Sparty. We fans. didn't think they would be this bad. No, that's true. Not quite this bad. Uh, and we have uh, at Nick underscore Rodriguez. Uh, he said that he had Washington finishing in the top four over Georgia. Me too, Nick. Me too. The two years yeah. running, I've put yeah. Washington in the playoff, but they have not put themselves in the playoff. No, I mean, no, he's not alone. He's definitely not alone. I Next year with Jacob Eason, I, I'm not on board. I am not on board. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, then we got at Jay Skipworth. He predicted Wisconsin would not only win their division, but would upset Ohio State and win the Big Ten. <laughs> what a what, what, a, yeah, what an idiot! What an idiot! What an idiot! Who would do that? <laughs> Who, Who would, would say s- that? You did, Ryan. You said that. Oh, uh oh, it's an honest mistake. Honest mistake. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. Um, then we actually we looked at our old notifications from before the year. And saw that uh, he also tweeted, the only thing dark horse about Washington State this year is whether or not Leach gets fired, bros. Yikes. We were all low on Washington State. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Man, absolutely. what a turnaround there. Didn't think he'd get fired, but yeah. didn't think he'd have a great year. Yeah. But thank, uh, right. we appreciate Jay as one of our, our uh, loyal listeners, so appreciate Continue tweeting, and we'll continue making fun of anything wrong you say. <laughs> yeah. That's you're welcome. Yeah, maybe we should give them some credit on the ones they call. Well, that's too. true. Actually, we gave ourselves credit, and now we're only giving the bad <laughs> to our well, listeners. It's our podcast, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you tweet us your good calls, yeah, we'll say it on next episode. We'll we'll do yeah. that. Yeah. Good point. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we're moving on to another. Actually, I can't promise that it might be a trivia episode. There's no time. There's no time. <laughs> All right. Um, we're moving on to, uh, another loyal listener here at, at, uh, D, D Lloyd 69. Uh, he said that Georgia would have two running backs in the Heisman Trophy race and Jake Fromm would lose his job to Justin Fields if they lost one game. Well, they lost three they lost games. A game. They lost three games, well, not one. Maybe that's, maybe he's right. Maybe it's okay. If they would have just lost one only. Hmm. Oh, well, okay. spin zone. But I think he All right. Yeah. We'll move. We'll, we'll, <laughs> no, we'll I move on. Yeah, I I think that's not what he meant. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh all right. And then uh, our boy uh at Braden Hodges, he had Michigan State winning the Big 10. Oops. But can't blame him. I'm, he's a Sparty guy. Yeah. Uh let's see. But then uh we looked at uh some of our other old notifications and found a few more of his quality takes. Um, he said the most underrated team coming into the year was Auburn. He said that they're going to be a top five team. Good call, Braden. Not so much. Loser. He was a year, he was a year <laughs> early. I think they're going to be better than people think next all year. Right, but all right. Additions by subtraction there? Or? Well, we'll get to that, Ryan. We'll get to that. Thing. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get it. All right. All right. 
Um, see. Then we got another one of his. Uh, and in response to the ESPN 50 best players list uh, that we tweeted out, um, so he said that uh, Will Greer was the most overrated and it was that, that he was also not anywhere near a top 10 player in college football. I'd say he's near. Definitely. He's pretty close. Stellar. Yeah. Good year. Good year. Pretty darn good year. Thank you for tweeting. Braden tweeted yep. us a lot. You know, he he was a frequent tweeter. Yeah. So that's that's what you get. You you tweet us a lot. We're going to make fun of you a lot. <laughs> well, thanks, <laughs> <It's true>. Braden. <laughs> when I was going back uh, and looking at the old tweets, because I was just trying to find anyone that tweeted us predictions just to find some bad ones. And uh, I, I missed, I had saw that I, I never saw a tweet from Braden where he tweeted us saying, well, at least my team, I guess we called Michigan State boring. And he said, well, at least I'll be bored by my team during bowl season. Oh, hmm. okay. <laughs> and then he had like a, a, a gif of Michigan State punters celebrating a lot. I think it was a punter, but <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that one, Braden. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Then our last one here, we got at uh, Cocky Spaniel. And he said, uh, uh, Chase Bryce looked better than Lawrence. Shouldn't he start the rest of the season? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that was a good spin. Yeah. I I shot that one down in real time. I remember that one. Yeah, Chase Bryce, come on. Uh, well, there you go. Better luck next year, guys. You know, there's actually two more that we forgot. Um, so and not from our listeners, but one of them, the Georgia players tweeting during during the playoff games, yeah, just laughing oh, yeah. at at the results as if they should have been in there. That that sort of. Their loss didn't help that. Yeah. And then Ling Ling the Panda picking Michigan in the Peach Bowl. <laughs> Not a great take, great Ling take. Ling. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. That that does it for, for the right. takes. Um, now let's uh, move on to winners and losers from NFL draft announcements. The uh, deadline to declare was on Monday. So let's go through. We'll start with the winners. Let's each give uh, two teams that uh, came out looking pretty good after after the deadline. All righty. Um, well, my first team, my first winner that I, I have here is I have Texas as a winner. Um, you know, if you just look to last year, they had five guys declare for the NFL draft, which... Uh, mm, which five pretty guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, but this year, not really a whole lot of drama as far as potential guys declare. And there was really... Just a couple. It was a couple wide receivers that had calls here, and um, one left. Little Jordan Humphrey, he left. Um, so it's too bad as far as names go for Texas. Um, yeah, for but sure. But Colin Johnson is coming back, so you know I don't really only losing Little Jordan Humphrey, who who was the leading receiver, but you know I feel like they uh, they have some other promising talent coming up there. So I think Texas is definitely a clear clear winner, only losing one guy. Okay. Um, and then. My second, my second winner is uh, Michigan. Um, they they do have three players who declared. They they lose Rashawn Gary. Everybody knew that was going to happen, though. It's yeah. not a surprise. And he didn't even play uh, Devin Bush a ton this year. Yeah, yeah. We we knew pretty much for the whole year he was going to leave after this year. But Devin Bush also left. Also not very surprising. Uh, and then their corner David Long. Um, but honestly, you know. It's really not all that bad for Michigan. It could have been much worse, you know, if you look at the other guys who maybe before the year you thought could have left so, or after, you know, Shea Patterson had a good year, could have highly touted, yeah. highly touted guy. Lavert Hill, Josh Metellus, Kalik Hudson um, didn't quite have quite a year like everybody else thought he might, but still, you know, he's coming back. So Zach Gentry, just a lot of guys. So I think they ended up on the right side of this. Yeah, yeah, I agree with. Anytime you get the quarterback back, I mean that's. I just said back twice in a row. So little black backpack back. back. <laughs> goo goo dolls. <laughs> I just said goo twice in a row. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if anyone followed that. Aaron Mortensen did. If he's listening. Okay. Shout out to Aaron Mortensen. Yeah. Okay. My two winners. My two winners. Oregon. Speaking of quarterbacks, Justin Herbert. I mean, that was the yeah the most surprising person to come back i think right like he potential number one overall pick comes back yeah i mean they are very lucky to have him back so that changes your season they do lose dylan mitchell at at wide receiver but that's pretty much it offensively everyone else is coming back so that's that's huge and then defensively 
Troy Dye at linebacker, very athletic. He could have gone pro, but he's back. So clear winners, Oregon. And I know I'm just talking about how big it is for your quarterback to come back, but my second winner is Auburn, which, yeah, might sound crazy. Of course, they lost Jarrett Stidham. They also lost wide receiver Darius Slayton and cornerback Jamel Dean. Um, But really, it could have been much worse because on the D-line, they have Derek Brown, Nick Coe, and Marlon Davidson all coming back. That D line, yeah, that's going to be like the, almost the Clemson line of this year. Like they're, yeah, they're I mean, good. not, I, I would say not quite that good, but yeah, almost. That's why you said almost. All right, maybe the Mississippi State line. Yeah, there, I'm, I'm fine with that. So that's going to be very good. Yeah. In the secondary, Jeremiah Dinson, Daniel Davis, both coming back, and then on the O line, Prince uh, Tega. Oh man, Prince Tega Wanago. That's what his name is at offensive tackle and their guard, Markwell Harrell coming back. So it's just just the volume of guys coming back, I think, is is what did it for them, even though you lose the most important guy. He although he had a disappointing year. He did. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. if you get a good transfer, that production could be could be met. Yeah. All right. I like that. I'm going to start out with Utah. The Utes had four players that received all Pac-12 honors that are returning for their senior years. You got running back Zach Moss. He announced he'd come back, so that's going to help the offense. Defensive end Bradley A, who led the Pac-12 in sacks. That's a big return right there. Yeah. Yep. They got another, their D-tackle, Leaky Fotu, and then defensive back Julian Blackman. They come back, those guys come back to an already great defense. So expect the Utes defense to not uh, to not lose much production next year. Yeah, they're clear winners, especially when uh, what Huntley will be coming back too, right? So, Utes are looking good for next year. Yeah, they're got to be they got to be the clear favorite in the South, right? Oh, hundred percent. Sorry, Mike. Well, uh, yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. Next one, I don't know, maybe a little reach, but I'm going to say Missouri. They returned their star tight end. All right, forgive me with this one. He, I've <laughs> I've struggled with it all year, and like I Just can call hear- him Albert O. Yeah, Albert O. What? Albert O. Just, oh, no, I know. I've yeah. heard it like all year, but I, I've always wananted to say it. But yeah, Albert O. And <laughs> okay, you can say it. You can give it a shot um, if you want to. Okwuk Bonum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it just, not sure if that it, was good I, or not. When I say it, it doesn't sound like what I, what I hear <laughs> you, in my you head. You just but sounded like, I don't know what you sounded like, but either not way. Trey. <laughs> a, a solid tight end that, that could have been, uh, was taught, sought after from the NFL scouts. And then you've got, they've also got seven starters coming back on the offense, including running back Larry Roundtree and three offensive linemen. So we know they lose Drew Locke, but they replace that with Kelly Bryant. So not, I mean, it was that's definitely a little bit of a downgrade, but not not as dramatic as as you would have thought if you were a Mizzou fan. Yeah, right. and Locke was a senior, so he he yeah. had to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alberto was a big a big win, especially for Kelly Bryant over. Another go-to guy. I think Missouri, Missouri had an O-lineman, I think, too, that could have left but didn't. I can't remember his name, but there you go. They're a winner. Yep. Um, okay, now let's move on to our losers. So, Trey, give me two losers. All right, there were a few here. I'll let you guys tackle maybe some of the big boys. I'm going to start out with LSU. Okay. They lose... It's a big boy. They lose three key defenders. Obviously... They don't have the scariest offense, so they really rely on that defense. Now Orgeron's going to have to replace the talent of Ed Alexander on the D-line, and then all-everything linebacker Devin White and stud corner Greedy Williams. So those are major impact losses on the defense. Yeah, you could you could also argue, I almost thought about them in winter, but those losses yeah. were yeah too big. But they did get Braden Fajoko back on the D-line, Richard Lawrence. And uh, Christian Fulton at corner, Michael Divinity at linebacker. No, it wasn't. It definitely was not a uh, a debacle. But those right, were three right. key studs. Agreed. Agreed. All right, and then and then again, this next one, I'm going to say Ohio State was a loser. You know, they they replenished their talent like it's you know going out of style. But we knew we knew Bosa was leaving. But now they also lose Draymond Jones, so the D-line lost a couple key cogs. Uh, there was a slight chance of keeping Haskins, but once Herbert stayed in school, it was pretty much game over. So that sealed him leaving. So now they lose a Heisman-level quarterback. 
They also lose the star offensive guard, Michael Jordan. Add in the loss of Mike Weber, who, you know, didn't have tremendous success this year. So Ryan Day has a few holes to fill. I mean, Ohio State, they're going to fill it with talent, but they lost some key difference makers. All right. My first loser is Brian. Yeah. Brian I, Newman. Yeah. I almost said your name as soon as you said the losers for the last time I should have because I knew that <laughs> Me was too. I, you know it's it, I don't think either of us planned it we just heard the name the word loser exactly. we're like oh Ryan yeah, exactly. or you thought me apparently <laughs> I didn't think Ryan but yeah thought Trey wow yeah okay well Iowa State Iowa State is my first loser uh they only lost two guys but two really good players of course their running back David Montgomery had 1200 yards rushing this year Wide receiver Hakeem Butler, who Ryan, I think, did you have him as your Bro Litnikoff winner, or you, you had him up there? I had him up there. I'm not sure who, if I had him number one, but yeah, yeah. But he put up 1,318 yards receiving and 22 yards per catch. Yeah, that was ridiculous. the crazy thing. Yeah, and this was an offense that, even with these guys, was pretty mediocre. Even even with Brock Purdy, they 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 weren't a great offense. So. Without them, Matt Campbell is gonna gonna have his work cut out for him. And I'm gonna bring up this crazy stat that I brought up earlier in the year. Iowa State has not had a player drafted since 2014. Every other Power Five program has had at least two since then. Ooh, wow! So that, it, that it looks like it's gonna end. <laughs> it really looks like. It. Yeah, these guys should get drafted. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, my second loser. I actually cheated here. I have two: Ole Miss and Stanford. And it's because they're losing basically the same things. So Ole Miss, they're losing their first and third leading receivers, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. They're also losing Dawson Knox at tight end, so a lot in the receiving core. And then Stanford is losing their first and third leading receivers, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and the tight end, Caden Smith. And then Ole Miss on the O-line, losing their best O-lineman, Greg Little, at tackle. And Stanford is losing their best O-lineman, Nate Herbig at guard. Well, I guess you could say um, Walker Little is maybe their best alignment, but let, let's just say it's Nate Herbig. He's good. Yeah. So there you go. Big losses there. All right. And Stanford, I mean, those are two guys, you know, they just hucked the ball up to. And yeah, yeah. the running game wasn't very good this year. The defense certainly has not been all that great the last couple of years. So I don't know. Those are big losses for them. Yeah. No, they are. They are. All right. Um, so my first loser, um, actually another Iowa team. This time I'm, I'm taking the Hawkeyes. They lose. They have four guys uh, leaving early. And uh, I didn't really do the research on this, one, but I'm willing to bet that that's probably the most that they've ever had declaring early. I can't refute it. Can't refute it. We have yeah, at buddy, it, but buddy Lee Hawkeye. Buddy Hawkeye Lee is a, is a loyal listener. He He can let us know. I'd be surprised if they're at a time where they had five or more. All right. But big, big players here, uh, starting with their defensive end, Anthony Nelson, uh, defensive back, Amani Hooker, and then their two studs, uh, tight ends. You got Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. Those guys were great pass catchers for them. Um, and I think losing those two pass catchers is probably more of a big deal than the other two. Just, you know, they're, they don't, they're not going to have much of a receiving core coming back next year. So that's going to, you know, and Stanley, he's solid, but, I don't. I think we all kind of agree he's a little limited. He's not great. So losing those two to pass catchers is going to be a, a big loss. Yep. Um, now we're going to go to uh, Penn State as my other loser. Another Big Ten team. Um, they got running back Miles Sanders. He's gone. Um, then you have Sharif Miller and Kevin Givens from the defensive line, and then you have Connor McGovern and Ryan Bates from the offensive line. So. That's five guys, and then but losing losing Sanders probably not a huge deal. You know they replacing a the running back isn't quite as hard. Um, but the, losing four linemen early that's that's tough. Yeah. All right. Those are those are some good ones. Um, let us know who who we missed on Twitter at CFB Bros. I know Al, none of us mentioned Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they're losing a ton, yeah. but it just happens every year. Although this is the most I think they've ever lost to early. Yeah, they lost a lot. De- declarations, I think it's seven guys, but uh, Georgia had a few maybe surprises in the receiving core. Clemson Cle- didn't really have any surprises, yeah. but a lot of a lot of talent loss. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know who we missed. 
Uh, now we got some news and notes here. Kyler Murray has declared for the NFL draft. We haven't talked about this story, I think, on the podcast, yeah. um, but it's kind of coming to a head right now. So what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the whole situation, Ryan? I mean, who? Uh, what's he going to choose still? It's not like it's uh, yeah, for it's sure. Not, it's not done yet. No, it's not done yet. But I mean, I don't know. I was actually, I saw Deion Sanders mention it today and Dion's like saying, you know, just pick up the baseball bat and never look back, you know? Really? And I, I, I think I have to agree with Dion there. It's really, well, you know, it, he's a really, really darn good baseball player and he's, <laughs> you, you, he, you ever watch him play football? He's a very good quarterback as well, but there's a lot of dangers that come with playing football, whereas baseball, yeah. not quite as much. So you can, you can have a longer, well, he's a quarterback, but you can have a really long productive career in baseball without so much risk. So either way, he's going to be fine financially. I mean, he's going to get what almost 5 million right away in baseball, get more than probably more than that in football. I know. Well, and, and with, with baseball, he'll probably get more than that too, because the, you know, the A's are trying to incentivize him to come play and they got the the green light from major league baseball, I guess, to throw more money at him. Okay. Like up to 15. Yeah. Well, there, I didn't, I did not know that yet. So there you go. Even more reason. So, I don't know. I mean, there's no wrong choice for him, but I would choose baseball if I was him. I don't know. If I'm him, I'm probably going football route. I mean, I'm not surprised by this news, first of all. I'm, you know, he has a chance to be a star instantly in the NFL. Uh, baseball, there's no guarantees. He'll be, you know, down the minors and, you know, yeah. you, you sign, if you're a first round pick, that first contract could be more than what he potentially makes in baseball i mean obviously baseball has some bigger contracts out there in your second contract but there's no guarantees he'll get that yeah yeah football you're there right away you're in the pros so and you'd have to think endorsement deal wise he's probably more marketable right away in football for sure but yeah to me i agree ryan with what you said there's no wrong answer it's just whatever he wants no, to there's do. not he's gonna there's, make yeah. because baseball got the green light to give him more money he'll make a ton of money if he goes play goes and plays baseball and then football, yeah, even if you're at the end of the first round, I think it's something like a I it's an over over a five million dollar signing bonus, I think, plus like a ten million dollar contract. So so yeah, he can't go wrong. Um we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. We're not we're not shaming him for uh the, the bad take people are having, shaming him for using his leverage to get more money from baseball. I mean, all the power to him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Let's talk about transfers. Uh, so, give me give me one transfer that has already uh, that's already gone through that you think will have a big impact next year, and then one entry into the portal, which is the the big buzzword on Twitter. Yeah, uh, that intrigues you. Alrighty. Um, so I'll start. Um, my first transfer here we got that uh, I got is okay. I'm going a little Homer here, but it's a big impact. Uh, Darian Daniels, he's a, he's a defensive tackle from, uh, Oklahoma state and he's headed to Nebraska right oh, now. Nebraska. Uh, oh, Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Nebraska. Oh my goodness. Who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have thunk? Man. But this is actually big news. Yeah, he was the a starter is, in 2000. Uh, a buzz about this. Yeah, they really are. I know. <laughs> he was a starter in 2017 as a junior. Um, and then started the first four games this year as a senior, but he got hurt. So he was able to kind of maintain that year. Um, maybe not an All-American, but uh, he fills a huge area of need for the Huskers at the nose tackle position. You know, he's a big dude at 320 plus. And, uh, but the reason why he came to Nebraska is his younger brother is also a nose tackle for the Huskers. So um, that's really why, why he came. Um, Gundy is definitely not happy about it. He's, that's a big loss for, for the Pokes. Um, but we're pretty, we're pretty happy in uh, Husker land though. Yeah. We needed it. We needed a big boy on on that D line. So, yeah, Scott Frost. It's a big get. Big get for us. So, anyways, next up, the guy that's in the portal. He does have to mention Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah, everybody's intrigued with that. You know, at Maryland right now, it seems to be the uh, the consensus favorite with uh, Loxley, of course, being the the new coach there. Um, you know, there's been other rumors about Florida State, Miami, even Oklahoma had been thrown yeah, in there. Oklahoma. At a time, so I, th- I think it ultimately, I-, I think he'll end up with uh, with Maryland, but who knows? Um, but I'm just interested to see how he does wherever wherever he does go because he was so well. He was 
really he was good at Alabama and had such a great record. But it's just interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he does, you know, without all that amazing talent surrounding him. Yeah, where would you be most intrigued to see him play? Of all those teams that I mentioned, yeah, of the, of the teams that are realistic, I honestly, I'd probably say Maryland because they're 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 decent. Mm-hmm. But if so, if they have like a really good quarterback, then you know that that would make a huge difference for them, and you'd be able to see it. But if he goes to Oklahoma, it's kind of like Alabama 2.0 as far as that offense is concerned. It's like, well, he's got so much good talent around him that offense that OU's always good, so. I don't know. I'd like to see him go somewhere that it's a little less, I don't know, safe, maybe. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, okay, my transfer that, of course, we have to bring up, Kelly Bryant. And Trey, yeah. you already kind of brought up Missouri earlier. And for kind of the reasons you said, I think this is the perfect place for a quarterback to transfer. You got a great offensive system in place. All those starters coming back on offense. They The only guy really they lose is Emmanuel Hall at receiver, which is a big loss, but they bring back pretty much all of the rest of them. Larry Roundtree at running back rushed for 1,200 yards last year. I think he was only a sophomore, so he's back. Um, so yeah, I'm very high on Missouri next year. And it'll be interesting to see, although uh, Kelly Bryant, it's kind of like Jalen Hurts, Ryan. It's going to be interesting to see him yep. in a place without all the crazy talent but then wait a sec i guess missouri's pretty dang talented so i don't yeah. know i expect him to be you know nearly as good as he was at clemson okay uh and then the player in the portal currently that i am most intrigued by is tate martell your boy ryan <laughs> i'm very high on martell yeah so louisville miami and west virginia are the three schools that he's kind of rumored to be considering by the time you listen to this he may have already made the decision. Um, we're not sure, obviously, how good he is because we he hasn't played. Well, he's played a little bit. He's he played a little had bit. Packages for him, yeah, yeah, but very little though. Yeah, very um, little. But you know, he's an Ohio State quarterback. He was developed at Ohio State. Those guys always seem to be good. And to me, Miami is the place I'd be most intri- uh, intrigued to see him go because they've got a great defense. They have, well, we just found out before we started recording that Jeff Thomas is going to be coming back at receiver, so that's nice. They've got, yeah some offensive weapons and they ju- they need quarterback obviously that's their biggest need so I- i'd like to see that I, yeah yep i i agree there i'm gonna say the the biggest transfer out there that uh everyone knows justin fields going to ohio state from georgia um we're still waiting to see if he's he's eligible next year but he obviously has a, a decent case to do so even if he doesn't get eligible Ohio State is getting the number two overall recruit from a year ago. Surrounding him with the Buckeyes talent, you'd you'd think he'd thrive in in that system. Oh, hundred percent. I don't know if he'll get eligible. It's it's interesting because his case is like what a lot of the, the the baseball players' comments and something you know about so the safety and yeah. well being of him there. But his what his sister plays softball there. Yeah. Right? So. It's like if the family doesn't feel comfortable with him being there, it's like, why is the sister still there? Well, I mean, I I guess if you wanted to argue against it, you could make that argument. But if I'm the NCAA, I don't I would I'd probably let it go through. Oh, I definitely would let it go through. But I'm not (laughs) the NCAA. Just saying. And then a guy we haven't talked about, Austin Kendall, Oklahoma's quarterback or what we thought would be Oklahoma's quarterback entered his name. You know, since Kyler Murray left for the pros, you thought he would be for sure a shoe in for the the quarterback gig but maybe he's worried about Tanner Mordecai Spencer Rattler uh obviously there's now rumors of Lincoln Riley maybe flirting with adding a transfer such as Jalen Hurts so this one was a little surprising though you thought he would be the guy next year yeah that's what I thought before but I guess Oklahoma fans knew about you know that Tanner Mordecai might have even been ahead of Austin Kendall it's just they wanted to redshirt him I hadn't realized that but yeah, and now we know. All right. Hello, past bros. It is you from the future, and we have some breaking news. I think it's an important to get to. So, Ryan, do we have anything to correct that uh, that we just said? Yeah, it, there was a... As soon as we finished, just a whirlwind of stuff seemed to happen right after we got done with recording, so... Perfect timing. Perfect timing, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the major thing that everybody's talking about is is Jalen Hurts. His destination is Norman, Oklahoma. 
Uh, so another transfer quarterback for OU here. Yeah. So how big a deal is that? Do you think that's a huge deal? I mean, twenty six and two as a starter in the first two years of his college career. You know, Oklahoma is obviously great at producing quarterbacks. It's a quarterback friendly system. Cup, you know, Mayfield's was more of a passer, and Lincoln Riley was able to work with him the following year with this year with Kyler Murray more of a dual threat type. He made it work exactly well for him. So I'm sure, you know, Lincoln Riley is going to tailor, you know, his offense to Jalen Hurts' strengths, and I expect him to have another fantastic offense. So huge deal. Okay. Uh, for me, I just have to correct Tate Martell. I I pretty much gave my analysis of what it would be like if he transferred to Miami. That is now yeah. official. Um, so now we just have to wait and see if he will be immediately eligible. Um, he's either, I think he's might be trying to graduate in time for the season. So graduate. he can graduate. Well, no. there was something like two years. I know, but there was, I think it's unlikely, but I read something about him. He was, he was trying to say that the coaching change is legit. Well, that's another so that one. He yeah. Could- he's got two, two avenues. I think that's the main avenue he's trying to, to go through, trying to get immediately eligible because, yeah, because of the coaching change. But I there was some buzz about tough. him trying to somehow graduate. Well, he's got a couple of buddies transferring, or well, one of them staying in Miami, Jeff Thomas. The, yeah. He's yeah. staying at Miami. Do we mention that? I, I don't know. I think past bros already covered that. Oh, okay. Well, and then his other buddy <laughs> with the USC transfer, um, did, did uh, Bubba it? Bolden. Yeah, Bubba Bolden. He's going to the U also. Bishop yeah. Gorman guys. Bishop Gorman high school kids. So he's got. We'll see. There you go. All right, Trey. What uh, what was your old take to expose from yesterday? Yeah. So I got to talk about Austin Kendall. We mentioned that he had just entered his name in the the transfer portal. Sure enough, he's actually going to be going to West Virginia. Initially, Oklahoma was blocking his release to West Virginia, which was a really, really bad look. And yeah. Yeah. after some roasting on Twitter for a few hours, they they were pressured and, and okayed the move, which they should have from from the get go. I think Twitter did it. I think Twitter shaming might have might have changed like their the minds. Tennessee hire of um, Shiano. Shiano. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, like, do these do these institutions not understand what's going to happen? Yeah. Especially, like, and not to mention, Oklahoma looked a little hypocritical since they just themselves got a transfer quarterback. So yeah, three in a row now. Like, <laughs> it's why would you block a transfer of a guy who's well, probably not going to be your starter. And then, like, some people were even saying he might not even be their real backup. Yeah. He could be number three. And, it's just, I don't know. And to be clear, they, were, they weren't they were able to block the transfer, but they could, I think, since he's going in conference, they could have forced him to sit out a year. Is that right? They were claiming competitive advantage or something like that. Right. You know, that that's either way nor there. Uh, also, James Blackman has entered the transfer portal so i think he's gonna have quite a few suitors yeah yeah i think he's he's pretty good i mean behind that bad florida state offensive line it was hard to really (laughs) be too hard on anybody yeah i mean he had a good last half of the year last year so Mm -hmm. brandon wimbush we didn't mention him that that that's not new we just sort of forgot to get to him but he is transferring to ucf yeah which what does that mean guys what does that mean it means maybe somebody's got some inside info that Mackenzie Milton might not be 100% by next year. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, based off that injury, they thought it might be career ending. So I would have been really surprised if he would have come back already next year. Yeah. That's what, like nine months later? I, it's, that'd be very tough to come back from something like that. Yeah. And you just think there, there would be no way Wimbush would transfer there if right. he, he didn't yeah. feel there's a good probability Milton won't be ready. Yeah. Exactly. True. Okay, well, one more. I have one more take to expose, and that is on this podcast, I falsely attributed the song Little Black Backpack to Goo Goo Dolls. It's actually Stroke Nine. So, wow. Wow. I'm deeply sorry for that. Deeply sorry. You know, it's funny when you said it, I I thought about it, but I just, I didn't remember the song well enough to know the artist. (laughs) Very sorry. But, uh, okay. Did we, did we cover all of the news of, of today? Maybe Alabama lost another coach. Uh, that's like their fifth sure. since the uh, season ended. Tosh Lupoy. Well, he's going. He's going to the Browns. Someone within the next. Someone within the next hour yeah. is going <laughs> to enter the transfer portal and transfer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Other than that, I think we got it. 
want to predict any news that's going to happen in the next few hours? Just throw it out there. Call a shot. Oh, man. That's a I Okay, another- I got one. I, right. Trey Newman, will not be entering the transfer portal. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's, that's good. good. I predict that I am going to go back to watching Marie Kondo on Netflix right now. I've never heard of that. It's the one where she tidying up. She she goes around and uh, oh, helps people clean oh, their I houses. Okay. Yeah. Well, have fun with so, that, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to get back to that. And uh, you guys can get back to listening to the episode. So, yeah. See you later. All right. It is literally two minutes later. We are back again because <laughs> we just checked. We Twitter. called it. We called it. We called it. We just yep. checked Twitter, and Shane Bachel, my boy, your boy, is uh, is entering the transfer portal. Well, thoughts, we, immediate thoughts. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, it, it's you know, I I thought maybe he could have done it even a year earlier. I don't know. It seemed like Ellinger was going to be the guy going into this year, so I I kind of thought Bachel was just going to ride it out there, but. I guess as a grad transfer, it's... Right now, he's you know, a grad transfer, easier. apparently, according yeah. to the replies on Twitter, which is our only source right now. Yeah. But it looks like he's a grad transfer, so I think that's that's huge. I mean, I, I think he's a very good quarterback, so... I think he's okay. Okay, well... Yeah. He could definitely help out at a lot of schools, at a lot of Power 5 schools. Yeah, depth-wise, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, not depth? You calling... Are you calling Shane Bachel depth? No. Shane Bachel's going to start, Ryan. Wherever he's at. at a, I, ooh, at a Power 5 school. Rutgers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you tell me he's not starting over art? <laughs> All right. Well, you got me. You got me there. But I don't, I, I don't see him starting at a Power 5 school all right well i hope this is an old take exposed for next episode but um all right and and texas also by the way they've got i think cameron rising at quarterback is transferring so yeah depth is hurt there i'm not sure if there's another guy there transferring but either way they got sam ellinger so hopefully he stays healthy yep and okay now we're gone this hopefully there are no more interruptions (laughs) because i really got to get back to marie kondo (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right bye all right see ya uh, now we have, last thing we'll get to here, we have three uh, coaching moves that we need to discuss. So let's assign one to each bro. Ryan, you think you can you can handle that? Can you take one? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. All by yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm a big boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Got my big boy pants on. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so we'll start with Temple. They hired uh, Northern Illinois head coach Rod Carey. Uh Definitely got to say that this is a pretty big step down from what they had in Manny Diaz. Uh, Rod Carey, I mean, he took over a really good Northern Illinois program uh, that was led by Dave Doran before him. And Carey's first two years were really good. You know, they won they won double digit games, uh, but since then, nah, you know, just solid. He was eight and six, five and seven, eight and five, eight and six. So not bad by any means, but you know, they definitely took a step down under his watch and you know the other thing is he was 0-6 in bowl games one of those was when he was like the interim coach but still 0-6 yikes that's not good so yeah I don't give, think Northern Illinois fans are too too upset with him yeah, with him leaving. yeah exactly so I'm, I'm saying there's like a C minus type of higher C I mean it is Temple so you got to temper your expectations but they had Diaz that was that was yeah. that was good I mean we'll see Temple has a pretty good recent track record of of picking coaches so that's we'll true see. they do good point um okay my hire i want to talk about is michigan they hired alabama wide receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator josh gaddis as their offensive coordinator and harbaugh says that he's gonna leave the offense to him so i really like this move um he coached wide receivers at Vanderbilt and Penn State under James Franklin and was a very good receivers coach, had some good players. That means he was also under Joe Moorhead at Penn State, ah, so I yes. like that. That's gold. That's gold, baby, <laughs> And uh, for Michael. And apparently Saban is, was really upset about losing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Gattis. So, so Gaddis, which is it's kind of crazy that Gaddis said this publicly, but he said that he... That he talked to Saban that and told him that he was leaving and that he quote got his butt chewed out by Saban <laughs> that he was what, leaving. So what Saban does? He what he 
eats that people's butts out oh oh, oh my god <laughs> okay yeah we're yeah, not gonna no, start yeah, that rumor <laughs> anyway that's what the kids are doing these days <laughs> they're jeweling and eating ass. okay oh yes <laughs> all uh, right <laughs> all right busy that, bleeping this one this is the easy transition into miami has hired alabama quarterback coach and associate head coach Dan Enos as their offensive coordinator. So I like the hire. He did great with Tua and Jalen Hurts, obviously, this past year. You know, it was believed he would have been the offensive coordinator alone for Bama had he stayed. And and rumors were Georgia was aiming for him, too. So not to mention Miami now has a better chance to land a guy like Jalen Hurts. So I, I like the hire. All right. Yeah. That's it was better than the potential what was it um major Applewhite that they were looking at. That was a rumor, yeah. Yeah. I like I say this is better. Okay, we got a few uh ones I just want to mention briefly. Michigan State. Did you hear what they're doing with their offensive staff? They're just firing them all? No. They are keeping everyone. They're just kind of shuffling them around. They're I didn't even really look into it too much but they're just basically changing everyone's positions there's like <laughs> oh you were calling plays maybe you're now uh wide receivers coach and maybe this guy should move over here but everyone is staying so that's not good that is not that's good not, no not Braden. No. Braden can't be happy about that i imagine Braden is not happy with that but Braden can let us know um and then alabama this one has not happened yet right they're they look to be maybe hiring sark as their offensive coordinator when, yeah. Yep. I mean, who cares, right? Like their their offense is going to be great no matter who's there. So I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, it, it's true. Uh, Georgia promoted from within at offensive coordinator James Coley. So yeah, they didn't want to change much there, and that's understandable. Yep. Uh, okay, that's it. That does it for this is our first off season episode, really. So we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week we're gonna keep you know for the foreseeable future we'll try and do one episode a week and uh next next week might be trivia what do you Ooh, guys think I about like, that i like trivia it's it all comes down to whether i come up with enough questions oh, because okay. i'm lazy yeah well and you guys can't help me with it because that that doesn't make sense don't make them too hard mike oh hey hey you know what listeners if you got any trivia questions oh, send hey. them in We'll ask them on the podcast. That's a good idea. Wow, I should have said this up front. Now nobody's listening by now. <laughs> We're talking about jeweling and eating ass. Everyone's missing the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. tuned them out. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.